0: Red Sea Roundup on KEDC broadcasts all throughout the central Texas area. Your host today is myself, Pam Marvin, and joining me in the studio is our producer, Thaddeus Romanski, and general manager, excuse me, sir, but... Good morning, Pam. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. I love the Advent season so much, Thaddeus. You know, it's interesting. I've never been like a, a big Christmas Person, you know, some people really love Christmas. I am a very much of an Easter person, <laughs> love Easter. But but as I've grown in my faith and learned more about the Advent season as a convert, uh-huh. I have come to just really, really enjoy it. And and with that, I think I would like to say an Advent um, prayer that's really so sweet. So I'll take just a second. So how are you doing?
1: I am doing very, very well. In fact, it's a—it's kind of a special day for me today. The day that yeah. people are hearing this broadcast because it's pre-recorded, folks.
0: Pre-recorded. That's Don't call
1: right. in. It's a pre-recorded. But uh, you're hearing this on Wednesday, December twentieth, and that is my birthday today. So I want to give a special thank you if they're listening to my parents.
0: Oh, uh-huh.
1: to mom and pa to Michael and Susan Romansky for giving me my life and for raising me. Thank you very much.
0: That's beautiful, Thaddeus. Well, we are all very blessed by your presence, and we thank the good Lord for thank you. putting you into motion and bringing the planet you.
1: I'm very, gra- very grateful to be here as well. love all of you all.
0: Well, with that, I want to say a little Advent prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you alone can satisfy the deepest longings of the human heart. Through baptism, you have claimed us for yourself, but too often we live as if we belong only to ourselves. May this season of Advent remind us that you have blessed us so that in gratitude we may live the gospel more faithfully. As we prepare to celebrate the miracle of your incarnation, May we attend to the needs of our suffering brothers and sisters, the body of Christ in our midst. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Holy Father, Spirit. And Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. You know, it reminds me too, it's very much resonated with a lot of my friends about, you know, loving that um, that relative. You know, everybody's got that one relative that um, just for whatever reason, it just kind of just irritates them, gets on their nerves. And um, is prickly, um, I don't know, you, you fill in the blanks. We all have someone like that in our lives. And I want to challenge our audience that during this uh, Christmas season, when we're in our family gatherings, that that person is exactly who Christ is talking about, is the suffering brother and sister. Because usually those are uh, manifestations of our own woundedness, if you're cranky or crass or You know, a drunkard, all those things that you can fill in that those people are the ones in our lives that need the most mercy from us right now to love them through their brokenness. And and please, I just pray for everyone that they will see past the exterior to Mm -hmm. that heart that Jesus wants to see um, who they are without that original sin and who he created them to be. Let me ask you a tough question.
1: How do you do that without pitying somebody? A lot of those people are going to not want to be pitied.
0: No, it's not. I I mean, personally, I don't feel pity for them. I feel love. Right. I don't go, ooh, I feel sorry for you and move on, which to me is kind of pity to me is a deep, compassionate love for them by reaching out, putting my own selfishness aside to embrace them, to look them in the eye, to be fully present, kind of like this thing we have for the retreat. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about here in just a little bit. But to be fully present to them, to listen, to love them where they are, um, that moves beyond pity. Pity is like a momentary thing. Oh, I feel sorry for you. And you're on. And you're still, that's still part of our selfishness. I mean, that, that's my two cents about good. that. That's huh? good.
1: Yeah. Good that's a, uh, I think it's also useful to, uh, before you go into some family gathering uh, periods in the year, you know, Thanksgiving, Easter, those are some other ones. Um, take a look at yourself. Ask, am, am I that? thorn in anyone's side in the family. You know, how, what are, what are, take an inventory of yourself. What are attitudes, what are, you know, behaviors that I've, I know that I've brought to family, family functions in the past, um, that, that could have been a thorn in someone's, someone's side or, or hurtful. Bring those to mind, ask ask forgiveness for those. Um, maybe you've already confessed them. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, bring those to confession. If you have time to, before you go to a family gathering, mm-hmm. you know, because there are wounds that we inflict on one another that some are more serious than others. Um, Certainly. But I think I think calling to mind our own our own, uh, weakness and our own uh, lack of charity can help us to be humble. Absolutely. And can help us to be, loving of those who uh, hurt us or who are difficult for ourselves to deal with. You know,
0: You know, I want to, I want to add on to that because I think one of the tendencies of people who are really trying to walk the walk, to live as Jesus wants us to, to be a true apostle, sometime we can fall into the error of uh, legalism. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, everyone has to look at that for their particular circumstance to say, um, are you being merciful to that person? For instance, um, you know, pointing out that you need to go to confession or something like that, you may not be the right timing and just depending, you know, be very consulting with the Holy Spirit um, and be that docile instrument in the Holy Spirit's hand and try not to fall into legalism too, which speaking of, I want to mention, I was very uninformed about this uh, the Sunday Mass and Monday Mass for Christmas Eve, oh, Christmas yeah, yeah. Day. Um, so, I'm going to confess that right now. I was thinking, oh, you know, this has kind of happened similarly in the past. And so, what, we usually go to the um, Sunday evening Mass. So, you're getting Sunday and then the next day's um, obligation in one. The
1: two for convert, one. Convert, folks. Convert. Doesn't quite know what's going on. Think, <laughs> well, thinks she does, but not quite.
0: It no, just just definitely does not apply in this um, instance, and I want to say a big hearty thank you to Father Brian McMaster, who pointed that out at Mass yesterday, uh-huh. um, that because we only have one day in the fourth Sunday of Advent, the fourth week, That's right. so to really enjoy the full effect of our Advent season, we should go to Mass um, f- for one, for one, so... My plan is, and I think that's kind of coming together. You and I spoke briefly before the sh- we aired this to say we're probably going to be going to mass at 10 a.m. on Sunday and 10 a.m. on Monday. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's what our family's doing. I even uh, Dottie had found this out beforehand, was really challenging me on it because um, she'd heard from her religion teacher at school. Thank you, Ms. Baumgarten. She's doing an awesome job over there at St. Joseph's kiddos. Anyway, so yes— be be thoughtful of that ahead of time as you're planning your holiday, your Christmas Eve and your yeah. Christmas Day. That folks, we'd need to be going to fulfill our Sunday obligation and our our holy day.
1: There's a fun way to think about it too, and I, I don't mean to confuse, but it's it's a fun way to think about it. So you can't get any twofers. You can't get a two for one going to one mass to fulfill two obligations, or to sell. Let's say celebrate two. F- feasts. Right. But you can get another kind of a twofer, which is because you're going to mass once for the fourth Sunday of Advent and once for Christmas. Let's say if you do that on the 24th, you can receive Eucharist at both masses. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: that that sort of waves the normal, you know, the usual bar on receiving communion more than once in a day. Mm -hmm. You can receive it both celebrations because there are two different Eucharistic, so there are two different liturgical Excellent. celebrations. So there is that twofer but not the typical twofer you're thinking, <laughs> of, you're hoping
0: for. Oh, I'm glad that cleared up and, yeah. and also you know bringing us back a little bit to the prayer that we started off with and going to be with um, loved ones and during this time where it can be kind of tumultuous Can I difficult. say it one more
1: time? Sure. One more thing. So basically bottom line is between December 23rd and December 25th you're going to mass twice. That, I mean, there's no way getting around it. Right. That's the bottom line.
0: Bottom line. Twice. Either way. Okay. So going back to the prayer, we spoke of gratitude. Well, yes. that's really, I've seen, I don't know, you ever have this happen where you have certain themes that come up that are, um, you kind of see like the Holy Spirit's doing this. He's like providentially puts an, or, she, sure, or sure. It, puts it in front of you. Well, one of mine has been gratitude, but not the way we typically think of it. Okay. Okay. So whenever I've read, because here again, in our prayer, we talked about giving thanks in the son Sunday readings this past Sunday, um, good old Thessalonians and St. Paul. I want to, I want to just read that because it really resonates with me. And I'll take just a second to talk about it as well, to kind of reflect on it, that rejoice always and pray without ceasing in all circumstances. Give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, that means In the past, let me just say, my reflection on this, uh, Pray Without Ceasing is a whole other topic, but let's talk about giving thanks in all things. First, I... Was giving thanks and I, I would stretch myself and I continue to do so, no doubt, to stretch myself to give thanks in the small things, uh, the joys, you know, like there's a big joy with the snow we had not too long ago, yeah. but the sunsets, um, sure. the smile on a baby's face, just really small things like right down to being thankful for your pillow that you have a roof over your head. So I've really focused a lot on that, but right. in this last year... It's really becoming a theme of giving thanks for those things that are unpleasant, that mm-hmm. help in our formation, that God's allowing for some reason for our human growth. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I mean, I don't think there's one of us that haven't been on the planet for a while who can say, how much growth that we've had through some type of uh, tragedy I mean for instance you could probably share some some fruit from the devastation you had with the flood in your home
1: oh certainly yeah certainly.
0: right and those kind of things so I want to encourage everyone to give thanks even even in those uh, negative um, or unpleasant things that God has has allowed providentially to happen in our lives
1: yeah I um we spoke very often returned to the flood and the various things that we had to, that accompanied that happening over that year. Uh, one thing that we really emphasized in our family and as we prayed together as a family was trying to see the, uh, the flood as uh, like a microcosm of our life here on earth and then our eternal destination. So we're go, we go through a lot of, suffering and, and journeying um, in this recovery from the devastation of the flood. and then when we got in, finally got into our home, I mean it, it's more than we could ever. It's so nice.
0: Aww. And it's like
1: it's like a little foretaste of heaven, you know. Mm. So you go through all this pain and suffering and longing and you have to be patient and wait and you have to stay faithful to the kind of the process, so to speak. Right. And what you have at the end is this glorious mansion that has many rooms in it. And you are your home.
0: You know, as you're talking about this, it really strikes me how very similar this, um, it's like a purgative. You've got a purgative way with the flooding and then the renewal, which mm-hmm. reminds me, that's what we get in the sacrament of confession. Yes, Indeed. Which I think we should take a moment to talk about the last one available here in the community before um, Christmas.
1: On the day that you're listening to it, it's tomorrow, Thursday, December 21st at the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan, which is on the campus of St. Joseph's High School,
0: right? Mm, That's right.
1: There's going to be two penance services. They're combined between St. Joe's and St. Anthony's, one at 10 10 a.m. And then another one at 6 p.m.
0: So this is the last call, folks, for your penance services in this area. And I highly encourage to experience that renewing um, of the spirits. You know, one of my favorite books I've ever read on confession, and I highly recommend if you struggle with the penance, uh, with confession, the seven secrets of confession by Flynn.
1: Benny Flynn. Benny Flynn.
0: Um, the most enlightening one for me is, is really, folks, you're not going just to give your laundry list. You're going to receive God's mercy. And for me, it is. It's like a, just an emptying out of myself and all the the ways I've fallen and just that yuck that we start to feel. And it's just such a, a beautiful sacrament. And, and I have to say, since I am a convert, I've always really really found the blessing of the Sacrament of Reconciliation to be beautiful and and just so wonderful.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more.
0: Well, there's one more thing that I'd like to give some time to before we're done with this segment.
1: What's that, I'm
0: very excited about the family retreat.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's coming up, man. It's really close, right around the corner. January 5th and 6th. Red Sea Catholic Radio's second annual family retreat. Our theme this year is being present to our families through the real presence. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So a greater devotion to the Eucharist, a greater realization of what the Eucharist is and how that can help us be more present to our children. Our children be more present to their siblings, to their parents, a general increase in attention uh, and unity and togetherness and peace and calm uh, in the family. Let's say we're going to have the Julie and Greg Alexander come in from San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Many of our listeners are familiar with their ministry. They're going to speak. They're going to tell their story of their marriage, which was rock bottom at one point. It's a familiar story but they're going to bring a certain lens to it of this idea of presence that what rejuvenated their marriage was this realization of the power of the presence of God mm. and practicing the presence of God in that That's a book. moment of crisis. Yes. By um, brother Lawrence, brother Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, not trying to blazerize. Um So they're going to give a, a, a kind of a spin or a, or a new interpretation of their story in light of our theme. And then they're going to hopefully give some, some pointers and suggestions for um, how to implement uh, a greater awareness of the presence of, uh, to one another through the real presence. And they're going to also speak, Greg's going to speak to the men, Julie's going to speak to the women, so we're going to have that men's and women's talks again, and then we're going to have four breakout sessions, just like last year. We're going to offer those breakout sessions twice in the day, so mm-hmm. that if a couple comes, they can hear all four if they split up. The husband can go to two of them, and the wife can go to two, or they can hear two of them if they go together, and and um, they'll just... Miss the other two, so there, there's a lot of different ways you can you can do it. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Sure, sure. Um, so Angie Bird's going to come back. She's going to do keeping the liturgical year in the home, but she's going to focus on living Lent because mm. we're going to Lent mm-hmm. is going to be the next major liturgical season coming up. Um, Adam Earhart, who is a campus minister here at St. Mary's, him. yes, his, boop, boop. Mm-hmm, yeah. He and his wife Lene are going to speak on um parenting as children of god parenting in light of our reality that we are god's children and how that can uh give us an give us new eyes to see the the way that we we parent our our children okay um and then the the next two I'm sorry to say this I don't have detailed outline of what they're going to speak on yet but I know that Julia and Bronius Motokitis are going to speak mm. and they're very involved in the Focalare, which whose whole terrorism is unity. Yes, sir. So I know they're gonna they're That'll gonna be bring it.
0: Awesome.
1: And then we just got a a little while ago uh confirmation that Allison and Seth Sullivan are going to do the fourth breakout session. Oh,
0: uh, they're a dynamic and duo. They, Love them.
1: They, they 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 I know that they do a lot of stuff and they have a lot of, of uh devotees.
0: And, you know, I want to say a very um, hearty congratulations. So thank you to
1: those two couples.
0: I want to shout out to them to say a hearty congratulations for the adoption of their new son. Indeed. Um, what a beautiful thing those two have done. He's uh, His name is Emmanuel, and so mm. welcome, Emmanuel, and welcome to the, the Sullivan family, and congratulations, you guys. You're such a great witness to all of us. In yeah. that.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Sullivans. Thank you, Monokitis's. Thank you, Earhart's. Thank you, Birds for uh, being a part of this. Okay. Then we're mm-hmm. still going to have Mass on Saturday at 8 a.m., we're going to have Eucharistic Adoration on Friday evening. Friday evening is going to be a potluck dinner and a BYOB meet and greet. Um, and then Divine Mercy Chapel on Saturday at 3 p.m. So there's going to be child care and a children's programming for the youth. So it's, it is a whole family.
0: Okay, tell me more thing. about that. Tell me, like, what are the kids going to be up to while the parents are doing their stuff?
1: So we're going to have the, uh, the Focalare are going to come come back and they're going to do some programming for the six to 12-year-olds. We're going to have the daughters of St. Paul there. Uh, we're going to have Father Jared from St. Joseph's is going to come, come over. And we're going to have a couple of sisters from, uh, I'm sorry that I'm, for getting this um, another religious community. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, and those, those uh, groups are going to, they're going to do a little kind of vocations workshop. For That's for the, 12 and under? No, no, no. That for the um, 12 to high through high school, they're going to do some vocations oh, workshop, discerning yeah. a vocation. And then we're also going to have um, some, some, Ways that the high school are gonna kind of serve the younger ones, and help help entertain and look after and mentor in a way maybe with with the younger ones, and then we're gonna have nursery care for the for the zero to five year olds.
0: Awesome. That sounds amazing. And so what is the best way Thaddeus now? I hope uh, it's just, amazing.
1: I hope it. Has <laughs> I'm sure
0: it will be. God's grace is all over it. I'm sure Holy Spirit's there. Uh, how do we sign up for that? Do we go online? We go on red yes. C, it's or? easy to go
1: to red slash retreat and the sign-up page is there. It's $40 per family. Um, still, I think it's a great, we think that it's a, it's a tremendous, uh, it's, it's affordable for a family. Um, but no family will be turned away. If you cannot if you cannot afford the $40, please send me an email, thaddeus at org, and we can make arrangements mm. for you to be there.
0: That sounds wonderful. Looking forward to it. You always do a great job. Um, shout out to the beautiful team you got going on, Judy Como, Terry Lipscomb, yourself, and who
1: else? Um, Adam's on the team. Uh, Angela Okonski's on the team. Uh, Meredith Tyler is on the yes. team. Yes, oh, excellent. So I have a... I, and very much supported by those people, they're they're the ones making it happen, not me.
0: Well, I have to say thank you very much um, for listening today, and we hope that you will very much enjoy the upcoming um, interview with Bishop Michael Sis.
1: Yeah, how did you swing this one? You got you got a bishop on. Oh, you know what? Wow,
0: this was just the grace of the Holy Spirit. Um, just being bold, you know. I, I've been called to that more. I mean, Saint, Fr- excuse me, Pope Francis said, you know, dream big, pray big. You compliment God when you pray big, and so it was really on my heart and, uh, about having him on to talk about the incarnation. And so, you know, I just was bold and I reached out through um, the diocese website, and he um, responded. He was eager to do that, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a blessing he's been to the Brazos Valley to everyone that knows him. Really believe he has like the gift of wisdom where when he speaks the truth, it has the ability to penetrate straight to your heart. And I'm so thankful that he does because it really resonates with me. Uh, recalling the interview, I sat there and just kind of cried. Y'all couldn't hear it on air, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just just so moving and so beautiful. And the way he talks about Christ's love for us and Christ's love for his people that he bends down to kiss us. Yep in the incarnation
1: all right so, so is that is that that
0: that is I, I want to tell everybody to join us um, after um, in January then come back I'll be here the third and fifth Tuesdays but until then we'll see you on the other side okay Well, welcome back. You are listening to KEDC, and this is Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin, and joining me for the next 40 minutes or so is the very Honorable and His Excellency, Bishop Mike Sis. Welcome, Bishop.
2: Thank you, Pam. It's good to be with you.
0: Well, I want to give our listeners a little brief bio of you, and you know what? I, I read through yours this morning, but I kind of want to give it a little hometown spin on it, too. Um... Basically, folks, we're listening to and you're listening to Bishop Mike Sis, who is from the Diocese of Austin. He was ordained in 1986 as a priest. He has served in many different areas, but in the Bryan College Station area, we finally remember his time here at St. Mary's Catholic Center, where it's grown into this really beautiful, grace-filled place. He laid such a beautiful foundation for that. He's also from the Bryan area. Uh, Went to high school here.
1: Yeah, and if I can say something about the foundation he laid. Yeah, sure. The studio we're broadcasting in in St. Mary's were largely here because he had the foresight to want to put together KACB, the Aggie Student Broadcasting, that radio station. And because there was this kind of radio presence at St. Mary's, that's what led them to want to house KEDC in the building. So we're very grateful to our grandfather, our radio grandfather, awesome. Bishop Mike. So yes. it's awesome and, to have him on.
0: And Thaddeus, I, I must confess, I'm a little starstruck right now. Just having the bishop on the phone is like making me a little nervous. I don't get shaken up very easily. but I No, you do, no you know,
1: you're usually pretty cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I'm, I'm very honored to have, have him on the air. Um, also, I want to say that he has been a bishop since 2013. Is that correct?
2: Well, I was actually ordained... January twenty seventh of two thousand fourteen. Oh, okay.
0: And now is the bishop of the diocese of San Angelo. We well, were so thankful for having you here, and I, I want to kind of give our listeners a little background of um, why the Holy Spirit really and how the Holy Spirit put you on my heart to talk about um, the incarnation of Christ today. Um, it was a beautiful gift to me on a Christmas morning back in 2013. I feel pretty certain it was that, that year. And as most of you won't know, his your parents live here in the Bryan College Station area. They were at Mass. I suppose you were back having Christmas with them. And you decided to celebrate the 10 a.m. Mass on Christmas Day of 2013. And I happened to have... Um, the good blessing of being there for mass in which you started to speak about the incarnation of Christ in such a way that I'd never heard before. It was really enlightened my mind and my heart in so many ways. So I am just thankful to the Holy spirit for the inspiration to have you back on, to expound upon that, uh, just expand um, more on that teaching because um, it's greatly needed in our, in our world today that, you know, his humanity is such a salve for all of us in, in, in our hurt, hurting humanity. But before I, we go back into that part, Bishop, um, I want to just briefly, I know we're already well into Advent, um, but I really find that, you know, as a convert, it took me a while to learn a lot about the um, the true Meaning behind Advent, like there's, there's so much richness there, and I think that so many of us have gotten caught up in um, the physical element of being prepared for Christmas that we're missing and have missed a lot of what Advent is is truly intended to be um, by our Holy Mother Church, and it's really beautiful. So, um, could you just give us a, a few minutes on? the beauty of what is Advent and what Holy Mother Church wants for us during the Advent season?
2: Sure. Uh, The season of Advent is a season of preparation to receive the coming of Christ. Advent is an English word that comes from the Latin word adveniens, which refers to a coming or an arrival of someone. And so Advent is really focusing on three different comings of Christ, three different arrivals. One of those is his coming in history when he was born of of Mary in Bethlehem and took human flesh. You can call that Christ's coming in history. But then the other, another coming that Advent is focusing on is the final coming of Christ at the end of human history, when he comes at the end of time and all of creation is consummated in the new creation. And so that's his coming in the future, his future coming, which The early part of Advent really focuses on a lot. And then the other coming of Christ that Advent is helping us to focus on is Christ's coming in mystery in all kinds of beautiful ways every day here and now with us, where Christ reveals himself to us in millions of different mysterious ways. That's what we call Christ's coming in mystery mystery. And so throughout the scene of Advent, we should be focusing on all three ways that Christ comes to us.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. Um, the One of the other things that's really, that's really very rich. I was taking notes while you're writing. You just have such a beautiful pastoral
1: heart. And Bishop Sis, can I ask you to, to even go back a little bit further and and talk to us about why do we why do we have this season of advent every year namely why the liturgical calendar why did the why did the church adopt that? why does the church see in its wisdom for us to to come back around to the nativity every year, preparing for the nativity every year what's what's the purpose of of that
2: Well, it's because of the significance of Christ's birth because <clears throat> We as Christians believe that Jesus of Nazareth is God, that Jesus is the Son of God. And we believe <laughs> that the birth of Jesus Christ, of Mary, in Bethlehem, is fundamental to our identity as Christians. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 463, it says, Belief in the true incarnation of the Son of God is the distinctive sign of the Christian faith. And so we're coming back every year to be reminded of that fundamental part of our Christian identity that God chose to become incarnate as a human being. And we never want to lose sight of that in our Catholic Christian life. So that's why we keep coming back to it every year.
0: And also, I have heard questions, and I didn't learn this until much later in my Catholic life. Um, I'm a convert of about 26 years now, but it's only been in the last eight that I learned that the reason why the um, liturgical color is a light purple is it has some purgative element to it. It has a purification-type element. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, purple has many meanings symbolically. One of the primary meanings of purple in our Christian symbolism is that it's a color of repentance from sin. And so both Advent and Lent traditionally have been known as penitential seasons, where we turn away from sin in preparation, spiritual preparation, for the great feast that that we're awaiting. In Lent, we're awaiting the great feast of Easter, and in Advent we're awaiting the great feast of Christmas. So to spiritually prepare ourselves for those great solemnities, we turn away from sin. And that's why that's one of the reasons for for purple in Advent and Lent. However, purple is also a color of royalty. And in Advent we're awaiting the coming of of Christ our King. And since purple is a symbol of royalty and Jesus Christ is our King, at the Advent purple is a royal purple symbolizing his kingship.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. beautiful. Well, thank you so much for um, this little brief talk on Advent. That makes it so much richer. And I pray that it really blesses our listeners um, today. So, Bishop, this is one of the main reasons I've invited you here is to really, again, I'm not sure you even recall that beautiful Christmas morning, Um, especially fond of it, memory for me. It takes me back every year at that time, um, recalling your homily on the Incarnation, which you just touched on briefly with a catechism, so, if you wouldn't mind, um, give you some time now to really expand on how Christ loves us through his incarnation.
2: Very good. I remember being able to come occasionally and celebrate Masses back in Bryan College Station with my family members. And those are very special opportunities because, as you know, in the life of a priest and a bishop, it's rare for us to have a chance to come back and uh, be with our families particularly in a major feast like Christmas. So it's very special those few times when I've been able to do that. <clears throat> and so since Christmas is just a few days away, let's think, everybody, about this experience of getting ready for Christmas. And think about how in our culture, this season of preparing for Christmas is this exhausting confusing blend of a million different things. It includes (coughs) Santa Claus, Frosty, the Grinch, Rudolph, elves, evergreen trees, snow, traditional foods and desserts, special music, all kinds of parties, buying things, Gift exchange, all the latest toys, sending cards to friends and business associates, decorating, family gatherings, travel. It also includes, for many people, football, bowl games, and trying to mess with all those strings of lights that never seem to work right. It's just this jumbled mess of so many different cultural dynamics that are coming at us in these days before Christmas and so from all that sensory overload I think it's really important for us as Catholic Christians to sit back and ask ourselves what is the main point of Christmas what's the reason we're, we're doing this in the first place And the reason, the main point of Christmas, is the incarnation of God. When we say incarnation, we mean it's the mystery of God taking human flesh and being born as one of us. That's why in this Advent season, a very popular song in our churches is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Because the name Emmanuel in Hebrew means God with us so the incarnation of god is about god choosing to be born as one of us and to live here with us and so this is not just a legend it's not just a myth or a nice story it's not just a compelling literary theme it's a fact that one time in all of history god became A human. And he was born of Mary in Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago. And so think about what that implies by the fact that God made that choice. Out of his love for us, God chose to live our condition. He didn't have to do this, he chose to live our condition. And what does that imply? It means that God himself had to humble himself to go through what we go through. He had to learn as a child. He got bumps and bruises and cuts and scrapes. He worked hard as a carpenter for many years. He made himself vulnerable to all the ups and downs of human relationships, including disappointment and betrayal and misunderstandings. It means that he, even though he is God himself, by taking on our human condition, he knew what it felt like to be tired, but to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. I think it's awesome to know that God, the creator of the entire universe, chose to live that way out of love for us. So Jesus Christ had to put up with all of that And much more because he chose to accept the limitations of living in human flesh just like yours and mine and that's a great lesson for all of us and since God chose to embrace our human condition our response to that fact should be this that I will also choose to embrace my own human condition because God chose to embrace it, I will now choose to accept the ups and downs of relationships. I choose to accept hard work. I accept the limits of my abilities, the limits of my health, and I accept the limits of time. There's only so many hours in a day, and there are only so many years to live on this earth. Those are the limits of our human condition. And God chose to live our human condition. And if God can embrace it, then so can we. So we too need to choose to get up out of bed every day, put one foot in front of the other, and gratefully embrace this precious gift of our life. And also remember that the gift of the incarnation of God doesn't stop when Christmas time is over. The mystery of God taking human flesh is continued in two big ways. In our neighbor in need and in the Eucharist. So let's explore those. Two ways where the incarnation of God continues. First of all, God's incarnation continues in our neighbor in need. And this is made most clear in Matthew 25, where Jesus Christ says, Whatever you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, that you do to me. So, whenever we take the trouble to reach out and care for the sick, or the hungry, or the poor, or the lonely, we are helping our Lord himself. There's a beautiful encyclical written by Pope Benedict a few years ago. It's called Porta Fide*. And he says this it is faith that enables us to recognize Christ, and it is his love that impels us to assist him whenever he becomes our neighbor along the journey of life. And the same insight is echoed by Pope Francis when he talks repeatedly about Christ in disguise. Christ comes to us in disguise. And oftentimes, the disguise he is wearing is that of our neighbor in need. So that's one way that the mystery of the Incarnation is continued in our world today, through our neighbor in need. But then the other big way that the Incarnation continues is in the gift of the Eucharist. In Holy Communion, we are receiving the real presence of the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. So the Eucharist is a continuation of the mystery of Christmas. Pope Pius XII said, Christ, who at Christmas was made flesh, continues to be flesh in the Eucharist. It is a mystery of presence without end. Isn't that beautiful? A mystery of presence without end is Christ's presence in the Eucharist. So if you really think about that, about the fact that the Incarnation, Christ taking flesh, continues in the Eucharist, then when you take that seriously, you will likely respond by coming to Mass more often, not only on Sundays and Holy Days, but even to daily Mass when you can. And when you come, you'll participate more actively, knowing that God Himself is allowing you to hold him tenderly in your own hands and receive him in the Eucharist. It's awesome. So all these things echo the fact that the Eucharist is a continuation of the mystery of Christmas. And so we have Christmas every day in the Catholic Church in the Mass. So what I think is really important in this little reflection as you get ready to celebrate Christmas, all of you, is that the central point of Christmas is the incarnation of God. God was not content to be far away at a distance from us, but rather God chose to come down from heaven and become one of us. He embraced our humble human condition. And God himself becomes our neighbor in need along the journey of life. And he gives himself to us as food in Holy Communion. That's awesome. And because we continue to be nourished by that great theological mystery of the incarnation of God, we should all gratefully embrace this precious gift of our human life. And we should say yes to it again every day. So that's what I think is the key message of the incarnation of God as it applies to Christmas and as it continues after the Christmas season is over.
0: I want to remind our, our listeners that we are speaking today with Bishop Mike Sis from the Diocese of San Angelo, Texas, and we're thanking him for being here. And, and uh, Bishop, um, another kind of insightful thing um, to expand upon what you've said that has really blessed me in my home life is um, a very wise woman had said to me, Look around you and in your own family, and who are the forgotten, the hungry, the poor, the lonely, in your very own family? And I dare say all of us can can pinpoint that one person that perhaps, you know, maybe is, we find, for lack of a better way to say, rather annoying by their countenance and things like that that these two are Jesus in disguise as well. So um, look around, and I'm encouraging everyone just to look around this holiday season with new eyes um, in your own families. Who, who who does Christ put in your path? Because I know for me, I kind of fell into a little bit of an error thinking I had to, to, to go somewhere outside of my own family, which is good and right too. But the, within my own family and extended family, um, Christ is giving us these opportunities and, and uh, bishop I-, I dare say that so many of us overlook that because they are so close to us
2: that 's right I agree and thank you pam it 's a beautiful insight
1: bishop how you doing
2: fine
1: <laughs> okay great um we 'll keep we 'll keep going on here um I wanted to make sure you didn't need to get some more water or just take a take a few minutes' rest for, with your voice.
2: Oh, I'm fine to keep going. Okay, great. That um, I've pretty much wrapped up the message that I had prepared.
1: Okay. Um, you know, something that, that uh, really struck me while you were speaking was you, you said several times you used the word choose or chose um that idea of god's god's choice to become incarnate and then you talked about our response to his incarnation both of those yeah. are acts of the will right D- yeah. deciding to to suffer uh as a human being and our decision to respond by you so aptly said, putting one foot in front of the other and, and continuing to walk the journey every day, uh, loving neighbor, receiving the Eucharist, practicing our faith. That's that's what our faith defines as love, right? That's what our faith says love is is an act of the will. Can you expound upon that and how 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 just critically important it is to understand love? that way and to live love that way?
2: Sure. A lot of people think of love only as an emotion, as a feeling that comes over us spontaneously. And they think that that's the only thing love is about. But love is essentially a choice. It's a choice we make for the good of the other. Like, for example, in any Loving relationship between a man and a woman. Of course, emotions are part of it. But emotions are not the only thing. When a couple is married and they go through good days and tough days, they make a choice every day to continue loving. Because love is a choice. It's a choice for the good of the other. And that's what helps a marriage to be enduring and healthy and life-giving when you don't just expect the love to be about passing feelings, but you realize that your love is a choice you make for for to be with the other and to act in a way that's beneficial to the other.
1: Um, you know, also, I wanted to talk with you about this idea of something else that came to mind was why? Why did God uh, decide to intervene in human history? I think that's a question that comes to a lot of people's minds. You know, why did it have to be that way? A lot of times, you'll hear people pose questions like, "Oh, why didn't He make it? You know, just per- why didn't He make the world just perfect from?" Uh, from the beginning, why did there have to be the fall? Um, why, why, why? Um, God's the eternal now, right? God is the eternal. Everything is is the present for Him. Um, yet this was a plan of His from the very beginning. We hear that too. So I think that's that's a mystery for the human mind as well. Don't you? Don't you agree?
2: Sure, and it would be wonderful if we could understand fully the answer to a question like that. And I think that there will come a time when we will understand the answer fully, but I don't think that that time will come as long as we're living on this planet uh, before we enter into the fullness of life in heaven. I think that <clears throat> we, there are a lot of unanswered questions that our human mind is not capable of grasping. But uh, in the next life, which endures forever, uh, God will open our eyes in ways that were not, was not possible for us in this life.
0: Well, Bishop, I want to talk um, a little bit more about our response. I love that part where you had said, what is our response? Will we choose to embrace our own human condition and accept our limits, the limits of our time and ability? Well, during this uh, 20th day of December, right before Christmas, uh, one of the things I think going through many, I mean, I speak as a mother, um, just the preparations and so forth and um, the heaviness that, that becomes, you know, you, you want to to fill our days. We want to fill our days before Christmas with hope and peace and joy and love this anticipation. Um, but so when people are really, really struggling, because in our humanity, we're going to struggle with it. We're You know, the, the things of this world is, just just press us down. Can you give us a little bit of insight on maybe even things that you may do, prayers that you say or or things that you do that help to lift you, so to speak, to get your mind back in right perspective of the season?
2: Yeah, I think it's really important to realize as we go through these days that these people I love, being with them and enjoying their presence and simply loving them is much more important than all the things I would like to accomplish in these days. That my list of things to do is less important than the the irreplaceable experience of being in the presence of someone that I love.
0: So presence and not presence. <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> That's hearing. Right. yeah, I've exactly. often I've often heard too that um, most children, and indeed, adults will not um, remember the material gifts, but the experiences created and the feelings that they had. Those are the memories, those uh, making memories together, the the, the fun games uh, played with the older siblings and the grandparents, um, those types of uh, memories. And I think that is, is kind of saying here, that's really being present for your loved ones there, too. So... We may encourage that as well, um, to, I love that, that truly being present with the ones that you love, looking in their eyes deeply, seeing Christ there, um, in his humanity, in each other is a beautiful way to, to continue on into this Christmas season.
2: I agree. And let's do it. All right. Well,
1: Bishop, we are basically at the end of our, of our time with you and, um, we can, we can let you go. Would you, let, would you leave us with, uh, with your Episcopal blessing, please?
2: Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you and remain with you forever. God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: And have a blessed uh, rest of your Advent, and a Merry Christmas.
2: Thank you so much, and y'all keep up the good work. All right, keep us in your prayer. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.